Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Heart and Hand is proudly sponsored by NordVPN. Uh, David, we've had the opportunity to use our Nord accounts in the last couple of weeks. Um, as someone who hasn't had a, a, an overwhelming experience with uh, using virtual networks, I'm really enjoying being able to use uh, my Nord account. And I think that, you know, with someone such as yourself with a background in it, it's proven to be to be really, really important to you. Well, yeah, I used to work in web for a number of years. And in fact, that was my interest in web that made me start a podcast, you know, and, and get interested in all the, the new things you could do. Uh, and therefore, internet security has always been something that, that I take a special interest in. Because I think like most people now, Cammy, I do so much of uh, my life is, is, is online and so much of it is important stuff like banking and whatnot. So it really is important to me to know that I'm using something that's quite safe and that I'm, I'm making sure my details are as safe as they can be. Because I've had the thing in the past where, you know, I've had to change bank cards and it's a pain in the neck and, you know, takes ages to get reset. So I'm keen to avoid that any way that I can. And especially we're using things like public Wi-Fi networks, which, you know, hackers love. That's the kind of places hackers go to. So, knowing that I just need to flip on the NordVPN and I'm safe and protected is huge. It will allow you access into different streaming services as well, but they have the option of over 59 different countries. Uh, so you can change your virtual location with just one click as well, uh, which gives you some real opportunities to be able to go out to get loads of different um, content, no matter what your entertainment is going to be, David. And I think that, as you've said, living in that kind of virtual world now, um, it just really opens up all the different benefits to it as well. And personally speaking, uh, as someone who is similar to yourself, just does so much stuff online, but you're out and about constantly as well. Having that kind of sense of security is also really, really important too. Yeah, it sounds geeky. Uh, and I admit to being a big geek, but it's really not. It's, it's just something that I think with anybody who uses things to, to make the life easier this helps you know this this just puts your mind at rest a wee bit and it's something i'm always banging on to uh to to my stepdaughter and, and to my wife to make sure that, that they use it too so i've used many vpns in the past but but nord is the market leader for a reason it is the best one and it was the one i would have recommended anyway uh never mind the fact that, that we're sponsored by them now but it's it's a really good tool it's really useful if you need to take a short holiday for any reason then it's the it's the ideal thing for that but for me the the main thing is that i know flip this on and that's me nice and secure and i can go about my business without having to worry that i'm gonna have to run the risk of exposing my my, my personal information to people that really shouldn't get a hold of it you can get a nordvpn account as well through heart and hand with a fantastic discount as well if you could go to nordvpn.com uh, forward slash heart and hand h-e-a-r-t-a-n-d-h-a-n-d um you'll be able to go straight into a benefit site, which will then give you a discount on that. If for whatever reason the, the uh, discount isn't there, you can just write into the coupon box, heart and hand, all one word, 
and you'll be able to then have your discount applied there as well. Go on and check it out, folks. It is absolutely fantastic. David and I both love it, uh, and we'd love to get you uh, using it as well to provide that safety and security, and more importantly, peace of mind. Thanks now. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week. My name is Cammy Bell. I'm your host as always on Extra. Um, and what I will say is in this week's Extra is I went for the glam team. I've properly upgraded my guests to be able to come on because uh, they are two of the most fabulous people I know. And that is the hostesses of our Blue Scarves On show on our Patreon network. And that is Caroline Morrison. Caroline, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Cammy. What a welcome. Appreciate it. And also Marina Banatine. Marina, thank you for coming on and uh, joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. Ladies, um, you, you've taken a bit of a kind of hit because my hope was that when we were recording extra this week that we would have been talking about the uh, progress through to the next stages of the uh, Champions League. However, we cannot talk about that as Rangers went out in what was a pretty dismal uh, performance uh, 2-1 to Malmo at Idrox on Tuesday night Caroline I'll come to yourself first um, you know we, we can't put a really positive spin on it I'm sure that there will be people of other clubs listening to this pod just sitting there rubbing their hands together because they wanted to hear us sit and moan about the fact that we haven't had a great performance it's been poor, we're obviously disappointed and gutted to go out of the Champions League because we know it, it's the, the kind of top tier competition we want to be involved in Um it, 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 the other side to that as well is that it's also a continuing uh, defeat. Again, something that we're not used to. Um, how would you sum up Tuesday in terms of, of, of what you were feeling when you were leaving Ibrox? Yeah, so for me, the, the best word I can use to describe it is stunned. After that first half performance in particular, where I thought we were really good for the vast majority of it, and we'd got that goal that we needed to get ourselves in a good, strong position and then the sending off, um, to then have things crumble in the way they did in the second half was a complete body blow, just was not expecting it, I must admit. And with the fans being in the magnificent voice that they were, full house, the atmosphere was absolutely incredible. For me, because I hadn't um, got a ticket in the ballot for the first home game of the season, it was great for the first time to see so many people who sit around you at Ibrox you maybe don't even know their name, but they kind of um, are so familiar to you. So to get back to Ibrox under those circumstances with an atmosphere as electric as it was, was amazing. So for it not to have, have panned out in the way that we hoped um, was yeah, disappointing and, and just a bit of a, a stun. So, yeah, really gutted. Um, but I think after a couple of days, it's yeah, it's really disappointing. It's not the end of the world. We've got a second bite at the cherry at the Europa League, and we've done extremely well in that competition in the last couple of years. And so long as we can progress beyond, I think what we've done in the last couple of seasons, um, so you know, get beyond that final sixteen, I would still see that as a progression and a win, just not what we initially had hoped for. Marina Carley mentions there that you know the game did start off very bright. I thought that the opening the opening half an hour I thought from Rangers showed some real intensity, some real positive 
you know, aggressive, penetrative play that allowed us to be able to get into the, the Alfredo Morelos goal on 20 minutes um, was coming, I think is, is fair to say, because we had dictated the, the control and tempo to that game. Um, the Probably the last 10 minutes of the first half, don't know if you would agree with this or not, I thought Malmo actually started to come into it a little bit. It looked like we weren't out of control, but maybe we didn't have such a strong hold in the game. Um, and they started to come into it. However, we were then presented with not only the goal advantage, uh, but also a man advantage as uh, Innocent Bonke was then sent off for Malmo for a second yellow. Something which I thought was interesting because it just happened, I felt as Malmo had started to feel their way back into the game, then they were hit with a fairly big body blow. Then the second half starts and they almost come out with exactly the same tempo and uh, as as part of our access um, across the course of the season, uh, we were able to speak to um, John Dal Thomason, the Malmo manager, after the game and also... Um, Colat, who scored both goals, and both of them said that the halftime team talk was to go out and do the running of 12 or 13 men, and it just felt a little bit to me like we were expecting a change from them, which never came, and they just stuck to a game plan. Yeah, that complacency, because um, when they did commence it slightly in the first half, um, we were we were able to control that, and you thought, well, good, we've learned from from last week or the week before, sorry. Um, but yeah, it just it just complacency. I think I don't know because I think we're all feeling confident. The fans are all feeling confident. I don't know if the players felt that too, but you definitely could not tell that it was we we're playing ten men in the the second half. And Marina, I'll stick with you on this as well because I think that you had a, a strong note there regarding the complacency. Two goals back for Malmo has now swung the tie back very much in their favour. Uh, with 30 minutes to go, I was still optimistic because I thought, as I say, we'd seen how we had started the game. I thought we'd started to see how well we could be able to move the ball. We did have substitutes that we could make. Um, so we obviously still had uh, Fashion Sakala, who was able to come on. Yanis Hadji was able to come on. We still had Cedric Kitten on the bench. The first two would eventually become involved. But even with 30 minutes left, I thought we've still got a chance. Now, you mentioned complacency there. And one area which I think that we have been slightly complacent, in fact, probably a little bit more than slightly, is how clinical we've been with our ball in the final third. I think that we've struggled to put in quality crosses to be able to, to feed the strikers and to feed those players in the box. And from set pieces, corners and three kicks, I just think that it looks like there's been just a bit of an impact and we're not getting as much joy out of the back of them as well. Was that your kind of thoughts in terms of when we're going into the closing stages of the game? Because... Again, like I, said, I just didn't feel it was outside of our grasp, but we just couldn't finish it despite the pressure. Yes, absolutely. It's funny, I think you mentioned it last week at some point, that um, when you're chasing a game like that, you break it down into parts. And that's exactly what I, what I do and what I was doing. I was like, OK, 30 minutes, it's like 15 minutes to get a goal like, like for two goals. Um, but it just wasn't happening. And it was like we're watching Rangers. Is this last season ever happened? It's watching the Rangers from before. We're too predictable. Um, as Gerard said in the press conference, like when you don't execute, it just doesn't. You can like we're great getting the ball up to the uh, up to the box, but then just nothing. We couldn't do anything with it, and it was really disappointing. And eventually, I'm quite an optimistic person, but the final minutes, I was like. Just, just put it out of misery. Just blow the whistle. Um, 
when when it was only four minutes extra time or four minutes injury time, um, when it felt like it probably should have been a bit longer, I, I was kind of glad because I didn't really see anything happening, sadly. Caroline, there's a there's a, a point there that Marina raises regarding being able to make sure that that we can get um, over the line in some of these games, and I think that that's probably where we felt it a little bit at Tannadice, where there was. I just a lack of killer instinct to be able to go with it, and I think there's a there's a point to this which maybe people maybe this isn't as relevant in terms of how we've seen the defeat at Tannadice, how we've seen uh, the defeat against Malmo on Tuesday night, and probably where we've been at because we've had such a brilliant season last season, winning a league, winning a league in such a such a, a straightforward yet deserved manner. Um, we probably it feels a little bit to me like we've probably also got a little bit of an undercurrent of we're maybe living off of that a little bit too much. And maybe the players think that there's still credit in the bank for that and therefore, you know, it'll come good. But now we've had two shell shocks and, you know, the feeling is not good amongst the team and the support. We know that. We want to be able to to get back to winning ways and we will talk about that in a few moments. But is there a part to this where that complacency has maybe been born out of the fact that, uh, you know, the players may still think that 55 is the be-all and end-all of it? Because at Rangers, you have no time for that. You have no time... To, to, to rest on your laurels because people will be lining up to be able to take a hit at you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. When it comes to the 55 winning squad, they really deserved and I think enjoyed the plaudits that they got. But that's really it. And it's got to come to, to a stop and you've got to then get back to working really hard because everyone in Scotland and beyond wants to prove themselves against the Scottish champions and they want to progress in the, in the same competitions that we want to. Um, Gerard put it well in his press conference when he, he said the frustrating thing in the second half of the Malmo game is that we tried to get round the blocks and he was hoping for us to <clears throat> try and go through it, be a bit more inventive. What we saw a lot last season was players like your Kents, even Aribo, Hadji, um, taking on players, being really direct. Um, and, and we saw lots of great play, lots of that nice kind of triangle movement that we see. Um, and, and in the second half, we just didn't have any of that inventiveness that we showed so many times last season, which is disappointing. It may just be, rather than complacency, it might just be that we're taking a little bit longer to get back up to that tempo and that intensity that we had last season. But you, you said at the, the top of this um, recording, that has to happen with this game. What what is a a must win in in some cases now becomes if if we don't win the game uh, on Friday, becomes a real big issue and major questions are being asked. And you start to find then that the crowd become a bit antsy and we don't want to get into that position because we we see what a positive impact we can have from the first half against Malmo. We don't want to be in that position where we can be counterproductive. And so long as we're seeing from the team that we're progressing and we're getting back to that kind of um, last year style of play and intensity. Um, I, I don't think it will. And Caroline, I, I'll stay with you on this next point because something which has also been covered and people who have been contacting us uh, at heart and hand um, and certainly something I saw first time when I was at the game on Tuesday uh, was uh, some significant problems with supporters being able to get access on Tuesday. Rangers have, have provided uh, QR codes um, to, to, to fans with tickets and also now um, 
ensured that smart cards were updated with access into into the game. So you had supporters who had got, gone along, payment had been taken, they had confirmation of payment, good to go, went to the turnstiles, not not able to get in. Um, and I believe that the vast majority were then directed towards the ticket office. And as that became a more prevalent problem, uh, queue started to form. And incredulously, there were fans outside of the stadium who weren't able to get in until about 10 minutes before the end of the game. Now, fortunately, some people have taken a little bit of a sense of humour with that and said, well, maybe, you know, they were the lucky ones. So, you know, I applaud them for being able to, to see that ray of sunshine and that. However, um, this was a major, major problem. The manager across in Sweden had said, you know, I have to rely on Ibrox to, to, to be the voice. I need to rely on the fans to be able to support us with that. And by and large, those fans in the stadium certainly did. And complete credit to the Union Bears. I thought that they generated a fantastic atmosphere. Display was excellent as per. Well done to everyone involved within that because I've been involved in those things. I know they're not easy to organise. I know they're not easy to produce. It doesn't happen itself. And thank you to all of them for their, uh, for their hard work there. But the club have made a major error here because the turnstiles were not manned. These fans, I mean, this is, you know, a modern day era where we can provide whether it has to be a confirmation, an email or bank statement or whatever, everything's on our phones. People could have proven um, you know, their method of purchase. They could have proven that they are who they say they are if they had to provide ID or whatever else as well. The ticket office queue, as I say, was going along when I passed it, was easily well past the Argyle reception um, along the the, 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 the govern stand and was getting bigger. Um including the fact that we released a strip that day, which fans are also queuing to be able to get in to buy. And then we'll add on season ticket renewals, my jails, new Edmondson House, um, you know, the uh, the collage wall, the champions wall. These are some basics that Rangers have to get right. They got it badly wrong. And I think at the very least, an apology has to come from the club. I think that there has to be uh, some goodwill gesture, whether that's a refund, whether that's a credit for the shop or whatever, also would be pretty applicable in this, you know, in this particular instance. The club have to respond and they have to make sure that they hold their hands up to this and get it right the next time. 100%, yeah. The, the club, unfortunately, missed the mark by, by some degree on, on Tuesday night, which is so disappointing because we all know ourselves, anyone who was at that game, you know how much you're looking forward to it. And if you hadn't been fortunate enough, as I said, to, to have been in the first Ibrox game of the season... That was your first game back, and imagine not getting in with you know until ten minutes to go. That's absolutely heartbreaking, and it just can't happen. Um, for that to have happened on Tuesday, and for us to now be at Thursday with no real communication from the club to address it, um, is just simply not good enough. Um, the club need to to come out and say. From my perspective, personally. Um, my brother and I went in, two season tickets. One of them wasn't quite working right, but we managed to get in. That said, ahead of tomorrow night, I'm not sure if that season ticket is going to be properly activated in the way it should. The money's come out of the account, it should be activated. Um, and there's no way to get in contact with the ticket office right now by phone. Um, because of COVID, they're still not taking calls. I understand that to a degree, but I suppose to get on my soapbox for a minute... Every other business across the country has had to adapt and evolve. And with fans being back in stadiums and with so much change to the way people access the stadium, there should be more support available to people when they need it. And it's just not there at the moment. 
Um, so I really hope we're not going to be discussing this on um, the the kind of extra show next week. I really hope that tomorrow things go um, without a hitch because we can't have fans kept out of the game again. It's it's too important for us to get back after being away from the stadium for too long. Yeah, listen, you're totally right. There are excuses in this capacity, one or two or whatever, a small handful. Yes, I absolutely accept. But again, from what I could see and the noise that I've heard and certainly looking in things like social media, and as I say, our patrons who have contacted us and said, you know, I did have issues, this is what happened, and, and by and large, I missed it. Basic rule of customer service is you need to make sure that you address that issue, you'd be able to, to, to get it fixed and to get it right. And, and again, you know, whether it's the, the, the game against Dunfermline tomorrow or whether or not it's the European Games, you know, in, in the next couple of weeks, we have to be able to make sure that we, we get that resolved. Menina, on to, um, you know, our next European uh, venture, which is now back into the old familiar of the Europa League. Uh, we've been drawn against the winners of uh, Alaska from Armenia um, or Almaty from Kazakhstan. Now, those two are playing as we are recording. Um, it looks like a fairly tough contest because just checking the score as we're recording, it's currently 2 all. It was 0-0 um, in the first leg. Um, the manager made reference today to the fact that we have proven ourselves to be a Europa League team. I totally agree with that. Um, we have a bit to go, um, as he said, in order to be able to welcome the Champions League teams like PSG and Chelsea, etc. Again, I totally agree with all of that. In terms of being able to go back into Europa League, What's your thoughts in terms of being able to try and, first of all, you know, the, 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 both teams that we could potentially face have still got significant travelling uh, uh, traveling to do. But what would you like to be able to see us perform in the Europa League if we're able to get into the, the group stages proper? Um, well, the last 16 again, but I understand that it is going to be more difficult this year um, with a lot of the smaller teams. No disrespect going into the the conference league, um, but I still think we can and we should. I don't know. I don't, I <laughs> I just thought that we could have beat Sunday United quite easily, but you know I've been been proven wrong this season so far. Um, but yeah, no, I think we definitely. I think we will get to that together. There's like some players like Borna, who has been incredible for us when he's on form. He's he's not fit just now. I think once. Our players are fit, and hopefully, hopefully this is the kick or the few kicks that we've needed. Um, I, I don't see why we can't get to the last sixteen. I think that's realistic. My hope is that when we get to the Europa League final, people won't remember Malmo. That would be, <laughs> that would be, that would certainly be nice. Well, yes, listen, ideally, sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm aiming for the final. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> aiming for the final, but the last sixteen. <laughs> um, Caroline, I'll come back to you because, uh, you know, as, as Marina touched on there, yeah, losses to Dundee uh, United, losses to Malmo. We now have the opportunity uh, to, to stop that uh, draw and get a win against uh, Dunfermline in the League Cup tomorrow at Ibrox. Um, I'd asked the manager earlier on today about, you know, we, we knew, and he said pre-season, you know, that we have not performed well enough in Cups. Uh, he wants to be able to win the league plus a domestic trophy. Um, he, he certainly wants to be able to uh, to change that trend because we know that he's had uh, you know a, a, a poor run within the trophies and and I think that like you say there's there's been times where we certainly could have, have done a lot better. Um, the game already was pretty important to him. Um, do you think now it adds on additional 
importance, pressure, focus, however you want to call it, because we have to use this now as a springboard to get away from, from what basically has been a run of poor performances and poor results. Yeah, there's definitely that added dimension to this game, uh, which probably isn't isn't fantastic. But in terms of all of the, the different opposition you could be up against, the fact that this is you know a championship side, and the fact that they've had you know a similarly rocky start to the, the season uh, domestically as we have, means that we should feel confident going into this game, and it is a great opportunity for us to go put on a dominant display and put to bed that kind of um, question mark that probably is over the team right now in our cup performances and also in how we've started the season. Uh, it's great to hear Gerard say how important the, the cups are to him and, and that they will get his full focus and the team's full focus because it's something we all feel. Uh, we're greedy like that as Rangers fans. We want to um, to have our hands on all the silverware available and I'm glad that it's as, as much of a, a kind of focus for him as it is for us. Um, we've really underperformed in cup competitions. I know that will be something which will be um, a bugbear for Gerard and the rest of the team. So, you know, for me, that's, that's you know, Europe is, is fantastic and getting to the last 16 has, you know, prestige associated with it. But for me, given that we've you know, not been able to, to get our hands on kind of the additional cups for so long um it's really important this year that, that we put that right and um kick on from there the treble would be lovely so caroline just to stick into that theme do you think that there's a part to that that we need to be able to ensure that that we fix in terms of whether or not we we go out to, to you know get more clinical in terms of whether that's at the certain players who probably have been underperforming at this stage and I know that that's you know a very tough thing to put to them given how early on we are in the season um, but you hit the nail on the head we are greedy for success we expect it we demand it that's part of playing this big club Phil Hollander a few weeks ago said you know if you want to to, to have an easier expectation go and play for an inferior club that's the way how it has to play is it a case that we then need to make sure that we get everyone to just motivate themselves up a level, we have to be able to see a higher standard of performance from everyone, or is it just a case of, right, let's just win 3 now, we put it behind us, and then we just, you know, again, like you say, we've, we've stopped that run of poor results? Yeah, again, to kind of reference Gerard, he did say that he wants to pick a strong team. We're not going to see wholesale changes, which I think is the right thing. I think you can only begin to do that when you've earned it and when the squad as a whole are playing to the level that we expect. If they're not and they're scraping through games or posting losses in games that we should be hoping to, to do much better in, then it's certainly the case that you're going to have to, to stick to the strongest team available until we get things right. That's critically important if we're to see kind of success this season. Um, and for me, there's a few individuals in the team that you want more from. But overall, I, I still think that We've been a bit lethargic as a team. We've not had that intensity um, overall. And in the Dundee game, for example, um, I, I didn't think that there was any one or Dundee United. I'm doing a bit of a, a Gerard here <laughs> on them Dundee. Um, I didn't think that uh, it was necessarily particular players that really let us down. It was just that overall lacklustre performance. We just weren't at the races and we just looked like we you know, weren't able to create chances in the way that we've become so used to and, and we've become a little bit spoilt with last year. 
Um, so that's the most important thing for me. If we can get then certain players um, coming back into the squad, Gerard talk, talked about that as well. I know we're going to be missing Sakala, which is a shame because it would, create, it would be great to give him more game time and, and get him as fit and sharp as he needs to be. Um, but we should have Roof available, which is fantastic. And I'm so glad to, to see that his little boy is, is on the mend. So quality like that available to us just um, ups the intensity, I hope, and, and makes kind of the fight for positions all the harder, which can only be a good thing. Marina, um, yeah, yeah, listen, you're absolutely right, Caroline. We absolutely echo your point in regarding young Cassius, and I'm glad to hear that um, he's doing well. And, and Kamara was certainly full of praise for all of the, the staff and nurses at the hospital uh, to help get him through that. So it's wonderful to see him back in and back involved because it's clear that he wants to be able to contribute. Marina, there's a there's a, a point there that Caroline makes as well, and this is this is what's interesting to me that if we play a what I think the manager wants to put it is you know a very very strong eleven because his plan is to be able to go out and win the game, and and I think um, quiet down a few people is probably the the best way I can put it. Um, one particular interest is the uh, following our Champions League exit, Porto have supposedly. Uh, look to be able to come in with a revised bid for Alfredo Morelos. Um, probably smart business by Porto, in my opinion, because everybody knows, right, there's no getting away from it. Everybody knows the, the cash incentive for being able to qualify for the Champions League proper. Um, you know, it does give you a lot of income um, across that. That's why it's the, you know, the, the top table. Uh, but Porto being quite clever about it, I think, by looking to, to put in a, a, another bid for Al- Alfie. Uh, following um, our exit from the Champions League, and, and you know we will still get a plenty of money for the Europa if we're able to get into it. But um, this seems to be a persistent rumor. Uh, Consider the, the the Porto manager is a big fan of Alfredo Morelos. How would you feel if you know potentially Alfie was to go? Is your expectation us to be able to immediately reinvest that money to get a replacement? Sakala has come in, he has had some game time, he's already carried a couple of knocks, Kamal Roof has had some issues with injury. Would you then say that buying an all-striker becomes an immediate priority? Um, or is it a case of, well, unless the, the figure is right, we absolutely can't let him go at the moment? Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't want to see Morelos go, ever. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I don't think he can be replaced by a striker or a striker and a midfielder um, like the, the work that he does um, so it's going to be oh, I don't even want to think about it I'm still in denial I can understand why Porto want him he was incredible against against them um, it's a bit cheeky putting in that bid um, but you can understand it again but I guess that's where we're quite fortunate or it's been good business that we haven't slashed the cash much this summer maybe we're waiting to see um like if we qualify for the champions league um but i don't think that we we need we, we're not desperately we don't desperately need to sell them which is good as far as i know um so yeah unless it was a crazy bid which that certainly isn't um it's definitely worth a lot more than that um, yeah, please, please stay healthy. I know, and I've, I've been saying, like, stay for a crack at the Champions League, and now that's gone. Um, but stay for a crack at the Champions League next year. Um, yeah, and <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm too devastated. I'm too upset about this topic to talk about it. Um, I can't be a single. 
Caroline, I, I'm going to go on the assumption, obviously, Marina's getting extremely upset here at even just the thought of it. <laughs> so, God almighty, what happens if uh, if he does end up going? But oh. Porto are looking to be able to try and, and offer him a decent deal um, and, and better wages, etc. Try and incentivise as much as they can for the player to be able to try and come in. What's your, what's your trust and what's your kind of your faith in the fact that Ross Wilson and, and the recruitment uh, process would be able to try? And I don't think, I think Marina hits a great point there. It, it's so difficult to re- replace Alfredo Morelos. For me, the opening 20 minutes against Malmo, I thought that that's the Alfredo Morelos that you miss when he's not here because I thought he was exceptional. Um but do you have faith in the process that if we're able to, to recycle and we bring these players in at a, a smaller number, we sell them for a higher number, that we can then look to be able to try and, and replace them as best we possibly can? Yeah, I've never had more faith in our setup when it comes to being able to identify and really smartly uh, obtain targets. We're really slick at that now, and we've, we've commented on, on studio shows plenty of times that we very rarely hear about um, accurate rumours of who we're interested in because we're quite stealthy now in how we go about um, kind of buying players. And I like that. It's it's good for us to um, to kind of keep that under wraps until someone's in the bag and we're unveiling them. However, yeah, it's a really difficult task when it comes to Morelos. And what Marina said, I think, is spot on. We'll have had uh, a budget and a pot for if we had been able to, to qualify uh, for the, the Champions League and we'll have a different pot made available to us if we're able to qualify for um, the Europa League and hopefully we won't need to think about it but there may even be a plan C and I think that's why, as Marina said, we've been really uh, careful in what we're um, spending and what outlay we've had in the transfer window so far and no doubt an element to that as well as whether or not we lose one of our key players I know that Wilson and Gerard and other people will have an identified list of replacements, which is great. And I know that we'll only sell if there's time for us to act on that and get someone in the door. It's just though whether or not that replacement is going to give you the quality and and get up to speed as quickly as we saw Morelos when he came back. In previous seasons, we know that Morelos has come back maybe a little overweight, uh, a little out of fitness. On this occasion, seeing him come and doing his rocky <laughs> impression, you know, running around a car park in Glasgow while he's isolating to make sure that he can be at the best possible fitness is so fantastic to see. And actually, you could tell from when he came back, um, we, we're not seeing that kind of slow start that we've, we've seen with him in previous seasons. To replace him, uh, you've always got that um, worry that, that the person that comes in may not be up to speed in the same way that Alfie's been so far this season. So I'm in Marina's camp. I would really hate to see him go. I hope that we don't. But everyone's admitted it. We know ourselves we are um, going to, to sell our top talent if the price is high enough. I don't think the rumoured price at the moment of, was it, 16 million euros? I don't think that's going to, to tempt us. But I think it's getting close to a level where we're going to be talking. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it will be interesting to see what happens uh, between now and the end of the window. Ladies, just um, just to wrap up, um, you're both <clears throat> super positive. So I'm not even going to ask you if you think that we'll win tomorrow. 
Uh, but I will ask you what you think your scores will be and also any goal scorers you wish to, to put in there. Menina, are you just going to back to your lad and, and say that Alfie will just score a hat-trick? I thought you were talking about McGregor there, so I'm not that confident <laughs> that, that he'll score. Um, you no, know, um, Stino and Ruth Hadji Morelos. Okay, and Caroline, what do you fancy? Do you know what? 3-0 sounds fantastic. I can't say I'm that confident of it at the moment, but I think by tomorrow... When we're properly in the mood for um for the match again, I'll be I'll be thinking that three 0 sounds great. So yeah, I would love to see Morelos, Ruth, and Kent. I think Kent is due a fantastic performance, and I'd love to see him chip in with a goal. Excellent, excellent. Well, listen, folks, there are still tickets which are available for tomorrow night. If uh, if you're able to get along, um, please jump onto the the club site to be able to do that. Also, just a wee mention as well, um, and, and a shout out for some fantastic results, especially last night for the Rangers B team, um, as uh, they were able to progress to the next level uh, of of the Challenge Cup as well. They face Air United uh, after winning three two last night. Um, however, the the game on Saturday uh, at Dumbarton. Uh, against Gretna, still has tickets and uh, this is a great opportunity for you to be able to come along and support uh, the B team if as I say you're, you're missing your football fix on a, on a Saturday afternoon uh, please jump onto the site to be able to get that and it's great to be able to see the amount of support uh, that the B team are getting because almost every game has been sold out so far and it'd be great to continue uh, that wonderful support with them on Saturday afternoon if you can make it along. Thank you to my two guests uh, this afternoon Miss Caroline Morrison yeah, thank you, Tammy. And here's hoping that Rangers will kickstart our weekends fantastically tomorrow night. And Marina Banfield, thank you, Marina. Thank you, Tammy. After a um, blackout of Rangers and social media since the other night, um, I'm starting to feel quite excited for tomorrow. So that's a good thank you. Yeah, I am too. And I hope, I hope everyone else listening to this as well. Listen, don't get away from the disappointment. Of course, we know that. And, and, you know, we've discussed about how important it is to be able to get success. So we don't like losing. So if we could stop doing it, that would be just magnificent. And we've got a perfect opportunity to be able to do that against Dunfermline tomorrow night. Um, have a great weekend, folks, when it comes as well. Hope you do get along to the game. Hope you enjoy it as well. Thank you to our executive producers in London, Mr. Light Me, Mr. Mike Light and Mr. Paul Myers. Uh, David will be back with you on Flagship on Monday and if you've enjoyed listening to ourselves um, and I mentioned at the top of the show the wonderful uh, Caroline Marina have a brilliant show called Blue Scarves on on our Patreon network where you can get up to four or five shows a day about all things Rangers related please jump onto patreon.com forward slash heart and hand to be able to join over five and a half thousand other bears in a tremendous community that we've been able to build up. It would be great to have you along with us. Until Monday, have a great weekend, folks. Let's get through to the next round of the League Cup and enjoy. Podcast Network.